Swans by two. Good. Come on. Quarter to go. I don't want to get excited about trying to make finals, but... No, I just don't. No, hey, listen, no, no. If, imagine Essendon make finals. It'd be great. They'd get slaughtered. See, now you're recording, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Hello, hello, welcome to this, the latest edition of the Ian Prendercast, another Carlton podcast brought to you as always by the good people at MGA and 121 Media. My name is Sean Peterwatch, and we're here to dissect a win, which is always good and even better news, I suppose. I managed not to call anyone a cunt this week, though I am looking at two very, very likely candidates. <laughs> we're going to throw first, of course, to Tim Davis, Dr. Tim Davis, Doctor of Aquatics, Tim Davis. Now... We're going to get this out of the way first. We're going to call it the we're going to call it the fast lanes <laughs> off the deep end. <laughs> the fast lanes podcast. Who was the star of the swimming meet for Australia? Oh, it was Emma McKeon. I um, I thought Kaylee McEwen was magnificent, especially for a twenty year old girl. But the number of events that Emma swam in, the fact that she was able to win a couple of individual gold medals, um, and then uh, a few relays as well. She was she was brilliant, and she's just that. Just that girl next door type, beautiful smile, super fit, been around you know, for a number of years now. She's a bit of a darling. Uh, and I think she finally had her day in the sun where she proved she's genuinely you know, elite, world-class. and um, Well, yeah, did something good, that mate. no Australian's ever done at an Olympics and is now Australia's winningest, winningest Olympian. Yeah, it's, again, she's always been of high quality, but she's never really stood out within even her own sort of, you know, fraternity, sorority, whatever you want to call it. But at this meet, whether it's a, whether it's a COVID thing and maybe in Australia we had better, uh, a better situation than some other countries or whatever, or maybe it was just, again, maybe she just peaked at the right time. But the American girls talked a big game coming into the meet and they largely um, underperformed. I won't say failed, but certainly underperformed. Um, they still have their gold medal winners, but as a wider group, they've often, as a group, come up and had great meets. And when we've promised a lot, never quite been able to, you know, really make it. Whereas pretty much most of the events that we thought we might have been able to win, we did, and that's nice. Obviously, that means that the silver medal goes to Ariane Titmus. Correct. Yes. Well, look, she she was magnificent. So I, I thought her from a performance perspective. I thought her 400 freestyle was the moment, one of the moments of the games where you're genuinely talking about a world-class performance having to beat a world-class opponent who herself swam her perfect race. Um, and the fact that they were toe-to-toe the whole way through, it was... Well, they've been toe-to-toe for years. Look, they had, but the race itself, like they were almost eyeballing oh, one another by the end. The race itself was a microcosm of their relationship. Without a doubt. In the it's, sense that it's, it's well put. Yeah. Feel, feeling each other out. Ledecky's going to try to break Correct. Titmus. She stays with her. She you know, races her race. And you thought that final turn, the final 50, you thought this is the culmination of a five-year build where both girls are probably exactly where they thought they'd be. Correct. And there's 48, 47, 46 metres to go. Yep. And nothing better than seeing, uh, in this case, the girl you're following do the business, uh, which is absolutely unbelievable. And the girl who's won a silver medal has has been magnificent. And um, and her performance, if you tried to compare it to the performance of another athlete in a different event, you're going, 
you've surpassed that person who now has a gold medal. You just came up against one that was better in an era where, you know, and you can't control that. But well, Kyle Chalmers is a bit like that, isn't it? Very he much goes, so. No shame in so. being, you swim, a, I think, an equal PB for yep. Chalmers. You go, yep. you've been touched out by six hundredths of a second. Yep. You know, but I mean, look, Tim, I think. This with the swim team, I think that we're we're all enormously proud. Fab doesn't care about the Olympics. He's been on record as saying that. But I think the rest of Australia have been given quite a lift, quite a fillip by the deeds of all the men and women in the pool and through the first week and a bit of the Olympic Games. What I will say just before we go to the uh, the giant idiot is that I think the swim team always carries a really significant burden, whether it be a Com Games, even where they clean up, or a World Championships, or you know, particularly in Olympic Games, where the weight of expectation is on them to a get the lion's share of the medals we're going to enjoy. But really importantly, which is the point I'm making here, is get us off to a good start. They set the tone. And they go back to the village with medals and gold medals, and the, the group lifts. No the doubt. Australian team, the Olympic team, no matter what your discipline and event is, goes, how good's this? And I think a lot needs to be said. He, he, he plays, he won't be a story coming out of the games, but I thought the effort of Brendan Smith on the first night swimming an absolutely massive final leg in his 400 individual medley to rattle home, win a bronze medal, I think there a lot needs to be said about his catalyst for everybody else because he was not a medal that we expected to win and, and I think it just laid the foundation to all his teammates to go, we're on here, we're in form, you let's clean up. Much, much better than me. Which was the Olympic Games? Was it Beijing or London when we really kind of we came up a bit empty-handed in the pool? I think it might have been London. And, and, and even going to this one, I was personally a little bit gun-shy because a girl like a Kaylee McEwen, she was number one in the world in two events. But she had a couple of opposition that were really, really close to her on times. And you just sort of you sit there and you're going, you can swim, you can swim the meat of your life and walk away with two bronze medals if your opposition are absolutely, you know, on the money. And and it was fascinating this morning, and I know we're going for a while now, Kylie Massa from Canada won the first leg of the women's medley relay this this morning in the backstroke. She's won two silver medals at these Olympics, been beaten by Kylie McEwen in both races. She's clearly in the form of her life, and then in the medley relay she wins the first leg, Canada wins the bronze medal, and you kind of sit there and you're going... There's no justice, Tim. There, there's no justice, yeah. So it's that fascinating. Was a, I think this morning's efforts were an outstanding way to close the program in the pool. Um, the girls come home in the 4 by one medley, and obviously um, Emma um, McKeon rattles home to win gold in the 50, and Kate Campbell goes out with a gold medal, obviously, in that really fantastic stuff. Very good, very good, Timbo, indeed. Well... The cast of gaze to my left is an is if it is an old Saint Elmo himself, the patron saint of motion. How are you? You're an idiot. <laughs> I'm giving you nothing tonight. I'm not giving. I'm not going to be the oxygen to your flames. This man, Tim, calls me 15 times a day, always <laughs> in his car. This, are you an Uber driver? Are you are you moonlighting as an Uber driver? You're an idiot. Anyway, buona sera, ragazzi. That's to those listening, Sean, not to you. You know what he did the other day, Tim? Tell me. He literally, he rang me. He literally? He rang me and he was literally on the phone with me for 45 seconds because he goes, oh, I'm home now. <laughs> he couldn't even be alone in the car for 45 seconds. He couldn't even sit there with his own thoughts. <laughs> he couldn't listen to the radio. I thought, oh, yeah, he must be like 15 minutes out from home, 10 minutes out from home. 45 seconds. And I just went, thank you for wasting my time. <laughs> It's quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> that, 
that is that is the the problem this man has. He cannot be Timber, alone. Timber, if I didn't call Sean, no the, one, no one would call Sean. What's the opposite? <laughs> He'd have no human interaction. <laughs> what's the opposite of a commitment phobe? Because Fab's the inverse of that. The complete. He's just totally reliant. He's a succubus. He's just totally reliant. <laughs> You're a fool. You can't even spend forty-five seconds with your own thoughts. That's dangerous. What's the alternative, Sean? Listen to the radio? Yeah, fine, do that. Oh, I'd like to, you know, check on you, see how you're doing. We didn't doing. even have time to get into... I know into you don't have a lot of mates, mate, so I, I, you know, I try to play the role of we mate. We didn't even have time brother. to get into second gear on the conversation. Oh, I, I probably butt-dolled you. I don't remember why I called. And then he gets angry when you don't answer. <laughs> and then he has the gall to tell us, Timbo, what's he done? What's, Tim, what's Fab done in our group chat? He's muted. He's muted. Us. No, no, no. You've always been muted. It's not you've not been muted. And he has the gall. Can I find? Was it on Friday night when he sent the message? He cracked the sads that we weren't responding to him. I, I didn't have my phone with me. Yeah, whatever. The first t- whatever. Timber. <laughs> it was sitting on on the desk with my laptop while I was sitting on the couch, and I thought I must go over. And Anybody grab who knows Tim, that that phone is like a, an extension to his left hand. I, I am. Yeah, Here we I'm, go. I'm a, Here, a bit addicted. I here's agree with one. That. Here's one. Here's one. So fab. Uh, 7.51 oh, So we're reading texts now 7.51 p.m. We're reading texts from now Fab Nobody plugs that hole 7.58 A emoji of a honeypot <laughs> 8.04 No love for my text? Question mark This is a man who has us on mute, Tim And doesn't respond ever <laughs> The gall The cheek You still didn't respond because I was watching the game, I can't. I've I've got the Twitter going to keep the Prendercast percolating. And I've got Dad. I'm talking to him about the game. If one of you's going to get cut, it's it's you, because I can't have three conversations at once about the same thing. How about you drop Keithy? Just say Keith. Just pipe down. Just watch. <laughs> He's got better things to say than you do. Whatever. All right. Shout uh, out to Keith. How is Keithy, by He's, the way? He's got alright. Good. I just picture him in the. In the lounge room playing his guitar. His guitar. <laughs> that's, whenever Keithy's name gets mentioned, that's all I picture. That's all he does. <laughs> um, so we're going to go now on to uh, the game itself. We've had enough of a stupid preamble. Uh, I'm glad you what do we acknowledge m- that that first five minutes was just stupid. Hey, people, people have been frothing at the mouth for Tim's opinion on swimming. They've been wanting it. They've been craving it. So that's, you know, got to scratch that itch. It's going to be a whole new segment for the podcast audience here. <laughs> Off the deep end. <laughs> I think we need a rebrand. I like the, the fast lanes, maybe. Yeah. Yep. No, Tim wants to call it Off the Deep End. No, that's what you called it last week. But that doesn't make any real sense, is it? Because in an Olympic swimming pool, it's all the one depth, isn't it? Oh, that's very true. Yeah. So How how deep is an Olympic swimming pool? Very deep. It's about 2.2 metres deep. What for? Oh, yeah, why is it that deep? <laughs> it's really... I, think, is it, I reckon it's deeper than 2.2, because when they dive in... They only get about halfway mm. to the bottom. Mm. And you sort of going, it doesn't need to be this deep. They could save a bit of money if they just a bit I more think, shallow. I think it's about the wave and all that sort of stuff. A fast pull, you, you don't want a reflected wave of the people swimming through the water coming back up and disturbing what, what are the, the screens? What are the screens on the bottom of the pool? Uh, apparently they were saying it's now the lap counter if you're running, oh, you're cool. doing a distance event. Because once, <laughs> once upon a time, like when you were a snotty nosed twelve year old kid and you're swimming at the, I've swum fifty eight <laughs> laps. <laughs> well, you, you, no one saw me. What is stop. this? I'm still in the pool. Everyone's gone. <laughs> <laughs> they used to have a distance, mate. And like I was a sprinter, so you know when that, they'd have state sprint titles, and that was like he'd rock that, up with the Letterman jacket and the leather <laughs> sleeves, <laughs> just his budgie smugglers on, <laughs> so get out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> but they'd have a distance, mate, 
and it, that, that didn't suit me at all. But it was always nice to be able to record a time, mm-hmm. so you have a best time for 1,500 metres freestyle. Well, you swim that, and they, they would have eight people that would turn, or maybe not yeah, eight, yeah, yeah, but yeah. they'd turn the counter on like a booklet. Yeah. And you'd start at, you know, at that end, at the far end of the pool, it was 29 laps to go. So you'd swim through. After you've turned and you've swum out, they'd turn it to 27. Mate, if Fab and I, it'd be dangerous if Fab and I were doing that job. <laughs> and then you'd still have the dude that would... Fuck, how many laps have this guy have we missed? <laughs> yeah, but you'd swim along and you'd be counting in your head and you're going, oh, that's 650 metres and you'd be swimming along and going, yeah, 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 950 metres and then you're going, that's, that's 1,200 12, or is it 1,100 how far have I gone? That's a <laughs> and, good idea. And and so, you, but so when you'd swim in, you'd do a tumble turn, mm-hmm. and you'd have to look up to see the counter just before you then duck your head and go under, which coach never liked because you're going, "You got to be more professional than that and make sure you." Mate, I don't know how long I've sure. been in the pool for. <laughs> <laughs> but now they just do that, and they have the screens on the bottom That's of the pool, and you're idea. going, "It's really smart." Timbo would be the one to set a world record, but instead of touching the pad, tumble turn and keep going. <laughs> That, well, that's what the guy's chasing won. him down the pool deck, going, "It's over, it's over. You've won, Tim. <laughs> Come here and put your singlet on." The that good news, Tim, <laughs> is you've set a record in the seventeen hundred and fifty meters. <laughs> hey, Timbo, quick question. Yes, Fabian, we got the fifty. Yes, the one hundred. Do they have a pool counter? No, not for the fifty. So we double, but then we get to eight hundred, and then we go to the fifteen hundred. Yeah. Why not the sixteen hundred? This is an even a, not a nicer sounding number of laps, I imagine. It's, uh, but it's a, a mile. It's, but a mile is sixteen hundred as well. Could have. I, I don't know why it became the fifteen hundred. I whether it was maybe a throwback to whatever they were doing in athletics at the same time because that's never made sense. Because on a on an athletic meters. track, to start on the corner and do three quarters of a lap and then three full laps to me doesn't make any sense. And yeah. once upon a time, the mile was perfect because it was just four laps of the stadium. Um, so, yeah, why you do 1,500 in the pool doesn't make any sense just, That's just the way we've been doing it. Correct. It's, um, it's an adopted protocol. Well, that should whet the, the appetite of everybody who wanted to hear about that for 14 minutes. Um, we're going to move on to Friday night's conversation about that uh, particular match or win, which was a great surprise to everybody. Uh, what do we make of Friday night? Like, realistically i got a couple notes. It was good to play an attractive brand of footy. Yes. That just shut everybody up because you, you just felt that as soon as they said we're playing Friday night, if one of our guys misses a handball, oh, this is what we've got to put up with, oh, this sort of shit. But no, like, one, no one watched it. But like no one ever <laughs> plays bad football yeah. on a Friday night. So that was good to actually play good football. Well, from everything that I understand, you know, at, while we were playing, the Matildas were playing one of the great you know, Olympic um, matchups of all time and obviously went to extra time and all that sort of stuff and many of the lay people you're going to have to try and drag him back from the Olympic chat the whole time no no but, but it, I, I'm trying to make the point that a leash on once him. upon a time on a Friday night yeah Timbo <laughs> but, there would, but, but we know what it's like there's nothing else on and you're going I may as well watch the footy and once upon a time we were always sold that Friday night was the blue reband product maybe that's when we played so well Tim maybe someone at match committee went boys no one's at the stadium no one's watching on TV so I'm not even joking. It's not like a case of just pretend nobody's nobody's watching. Because yep. everyone's watching the Olympics. Everyone's watching something else. No one's watching you. You can play like we're at Preston City Oval because there's no pressure on you tonight. But, Fab, the thing for me out of the game is, are we frustrated? Are we satisfied? Are we left wondering what could have been? Because what Friday night bore out for us, as good as a performance as it was, all the things that so many people have been calling for for so long came to fruition they did, 
the word I would use for me personally is apprehensive because we were off the charts accurate. <laughs> um, I think Kripa kicked kicks a point early in the first or halfway through the first, and we don't miss for like two and a half quarters. Ain't nothing like scoreboard pressure. Correct. And we never do that, ever. <laughs> and you don't expect to be that accurate either. So we're having good looks though. That was what we talk about. We were actually having good different, looks. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's a different... Harry Mackay put through a few nice ones that you're sort of thinking, that's a 60% chance. You know, that's a great goal to kick. But for the most part, we were having shots from really gettable range. Yep. And then late on, when we did start to miss, they were all gettable. Mm. So, um, I think you're a bit like me, Fab, in that the bottom line out of Friday night for me is don't be seduced by the outlier performance. Because what we saw on and Friday night... And that's what that is at the moment. The outlier. Yeah. We want it to be the norm, but it's not... All we did on Friday night, Timbo, was set up and execute basic tenets of the game to AFL standard. Correct, correct. We kept I, our shape, we tackled well, it was pressure. we took our opportunities. Yep. It was They are just basic check marks for an AFL team. Yep. And Ab- I, I, know the, I know the media don't want to hear this. St Kilda aren't much job. No, they're, gonna, they're going backwards faster and than the Chinese swim team. Am I right, Timbo? <laughs> China was actually very good in this, mate. But anyway, right. <laughs> I digress. Um, but yes... As much as Jimmy Bartell and uh, JB and, and, and Mrs B and and BT wanted to harp on about the finals chances of St Kilda, weren't we level on points? Well, when they were talking about it, the live ladder had us above them, and I'm thinking we've got no shot. Yet somehow they're still playing for finals. It's like this team's never making finals. And stop harking, like stop looking back at last year. Stop looking. It, it's just. You know the whole outlier thing? That's St Kilda. Last Welcome year. Welcome to the 40s Quo Fidelius podcast. <laughs> <laughs> chatting about the Saints what, tonight. What is what is their... Uh, Strength through loyalty, I think is the Latin like motto. Um, but yeah, look, Tim, for me, injuries or not, all Friday night said to me was 2021 ought to have been better than it has been. You know, we're, we're half a game outside the eight, having dropped some real disappointing games. Without a doubt. I mean, look, we... Me especially... Um, I'm very cup half full, always have been. Mm. Um, but I think anyone that you spoke to that knows anything about football, you, you'd looked at Carlton and you've gone, there's been organic growth and we were on the edge of what you thought was something, you know, what, you followed the trend that we'd been laying down, having added Zach Williams and Adam Saad, it was absolutely reasonable to expect that you end up winning more games than you lose. Yeah, and Because and, we'd been in games for, you know, all of the previous year, so now it's now you just have to be a bit better and just convert a few more results. And you thought that was a natural pro- progression for where we're at. And in the end, I think for the main, we'd pretty much tossed up a bit same same. Like we, we hadn't improved, we hadn't gotten better, you know, next to any of the yardsticks. Yet there was no real reason as to why we weren't. And um, and and maybe it's a coaching thing and all that sort of stuff. But you know, we saw the effort the previous week, which wasn't up to scratch. Um, and as Fab said, St Kilda's a side that's gotten a hold of us a couple of times. And I went in Friday night with no expectation at all because I kind of thought we probably wouldn't win. And then when we brought the pressure that we bought, you thought, well, this is refreshing. But as you say, what they've done is what we should be doing every single week without fail. And then when you overlay the accuracy and all that sort of stuff, you're going, what a great night. And with the exception of Max King's purple patch very, very early, at no point did you really even feel... Like we were troubled by St Kilda. Absolutely correct. And you pinch, Fab, you pinch one of those games, you can pick one. The West Coast game was a shocker. 
Yeah. Um, the Sydney was a shocker. The Bulldogs, you closed that game out from a really strong position. But you pinch one of those games and we're in the eight. Yeah, correct. Yeah. How about we take those three games and put them in the, okay, you win some, you lose some, and just beat the team on the bottom of the fucking ladder last week. Well, Collingwood, round two. Yeah. You go, there's so many, you go, you go, one of those games, one of them. That, that round two, I know people will say you're looking too much into it, but that round two game against Alarm Collingwood. Alarm bells, man. We just get um, we get some early momentum and we bounce into round three. Hey, and round that's what four. we were talking about with the swim team. You go, you get, you take a few medals, gold medals, back to the village, and everyone's up. Pay the tackle to Jack Silvani in the Richmond game. But you get that. You get that. Up we might have won that. We mightn't have lost. All of a sudden, you're up. <laughs> Timbo, if we can recut this, that we are sitting undefeated. <laughs> we could <laughs> top of the ladder because of that one decision. Two thousand and twenty-one uh, A. Yeah, uh, it is time now for the 121 Media Big, big Question. Questions. Yep. We've got several big questions this week to motor our way through. Um, the review, gentlemen, you may or may not have seen, there was a little piece from John Anderson in the News Corp papers about the review. It has apparently been tabled. Yep. First things first, why is it being leaked? Like, just stop leaking things, you idiots. You're not helping anyone, yourself, the club, to stop leaking things. Because any negative finding in the report is only going to be, like, what's the word I'm looking consolidated by you leaking it, thus proving the point that we're a rabble. First point of the review. There shall be no more leaks <laughs> moving <laughs> forward. You no, know, we've got more leaks than the Iraqi Navy. I don't get that. Come on. More leaks. This place has got more leaks than the Iraqi Navy. Is that from a movie? It's from a movie. What, Hot Shots Part Deux? Hot Shots Part... Probably the opposite end of the spectrum to Hot Shots Part Deux. <laughs> feed them mushroom, mushrooms, feed them shit, keep them in the dark. The, the Departed? The Departed. I don't recall that Staff line. Staff Sergeant Dignam said his uh, opinion of feds is you uh, feed them mushrooms and... No, feed no. them shit and keep Treat them, them in the Treat them like dark. mushrooms. Feed and then he said, he said something that this department's got more leaks than the Iraqi Navy. Okay. Very good turn from Mark Warburg. People started taking him seriously after that. Um, maybe. Maybe not. Maybe fuck maybe yourself. Maybe fuck yourself. Because <laughs> 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 I've got people everywhere like fucking Indians. <laughs> Did already said something like that? My people are everywhere. Uh, so with this, the other part of the, this story to come out a little bit was uh, Michael Warner has had a chat with uh, a guy by the name of Vince Lochazano, who's a member of the Carltonians. Yeah, I know Vince. And um, this has gotten some interesting traction, both positive and negative. You know, Vince has spoken out against the club you know, and, and those constitutional changes potentially, they are what they are. Like, if you actually read them, they are what they are. They're, they're to favour incumbents. They are to make it more difficult for outsiders to get in. That's just calling a spade a spade. That's just what it is. Extending term limits. This is, this is not what a football club... Or, or an incumbent board or an incumbent president should be doing, particularly at this time where we find ourselves currently, Tim. I mean, the last thing we need is a tin pot, tin pot dictatorship where the Carlton presidency or a board position on the Carlton Football Club is about vanity and self-importance. That's the last thing we need at the moment, but that's what these moves seem to lead us towards. We've had that situation for far too long. There were people that have been in position because they feel like that there's a level of entitlement associated with it. And if if you're not operating as a board member entirely selflessly and making sure every decision and every consideration that you're making is not within the best interest of the Carlton Football Club, 
then you need to go. Now, having a billion dollars at times can often help with a little bit of you know stroke and making sure you're part of the decision-making process and all that sort of stuff. And we've always said money and donations and you know any of that sort of charity is always going to be helpful for the Carlton Football Club. But if you don't have there be caveats on it, well, yeah, and you just you can't be in it for yourself. Mm. Like this isn't, you know, it's an esteemed football club and all that sort of stuff. And you want to say that you're on the board and you're shaping the direction and all that sort of stuff. I completely get it. But if it's more about you and less about the club, then stand aside and let somebody else do it. Well, Fab had a, you had a very concerning run in with a board member you know, earlier in the year, which was quite. You sort of just went. It actually at once confirms every fear and suspicion. Mm you should be having about people who are on the board. Not all of them are like that. Like in my time there, there was some really, um, like Ryan Trainer was unbelievable. Like he's, it, he's a mate of a guy I work uh, with and he couldn't say enough about Ryan. Unbelievable guy. Yeah. And he was obviously, it was him or Ladudice at one point. And that's not to say Ladudice hasn't done some good things. Absolutely he has. Mm. But that sliding doors of, you know, Trainer, I think was a fantastic operator and seemed to be there for entirely the right reasons. But you're running, you sort of just went, oh, that's not good, is it? It's, it's just, it's typical of, where we're at as a club. You'd literally met the guy, just met him. Yeah. Yeah. And he was I don't yeah, I, I don't want to go too no, far. No, we don't but like it, but you'd yeah, literally it, it met just it's to to run your mouth about the inner inner workings to I'm not saying if if you had a relationship with me. Maybe, yeah. Different story. Like I'm sure Timbo and Milana and um <laughs> Mill and Adam talk about stuff and Tim's not going to tell us or talk about it on pod or tell you or I. Because they're mates, and what gets said behind between two mates is one thing, but to meet someone for the first time and then to just openly just blurt things out is um, it's a concern. Yeah, absolutely. But what I was going to ask you, so these constitutional changes, whilst you've touched on what they really are, what are they actually getting like? Put out as like what are they trying Basically to say? Basically, that you just have to read the document. Yeah, so it's a constitutional change that has been proposed that is going to get put up at the annual general meeting, and I think it's going to say, and you know, all in favour say aye. Most people just say aye. Yeah, correct. And so then it'll be locked in. That's now part of the Carlton Football Club constitution. And we all move forward. We will be moving though, Timbo's very. So they've made no effort to try and just not really to explain just, what they are. No, you just have to read the document. They're in there. Most people wouldn't read it. Um, we will be going to gender-neutral pronouns, though, in all official club communiques, though, in a really that, important move. What? That, Is yeah, it for real? That's for real, yeah. So we won't be doing his or hers, it'll be theirs. I was going to say this last week, and it probably would... I'm surprised I didn't give him the, the mood I was in. I've got no issue with things like that, or orange socks, or rainbow socks, or women's football. And, but why do we try and do so much when so much is still broken at our club? It's not funny. Look, why? Because it's easier to wear orange socks than it is fix the football department. Like, I support the ideas behind it and stuff, but it's like, get A, B and C right first. A lot of it makes for very interesting... Because we're such a shit club in all these other areas. Look, to be honest with you, a lot of it makes for very interesting political sort of chat, just because without wanting to get sidetracked, if Carlton do a really positive, you know, Carlton Respects program and whatnot... Well, that curries favour with the government. Well, Carlton were wanting significant government funding for a new facility so they can go to the government and say, we're doing this in the community and we've got a program about that and a program about that and we're using our station to in- encourage and Which to is educate. great, which is great, but, but that's we, why we, they pour, do we pour so much energy into it. That's why they do it. And effort. Because they want $10 million. Because this thing, this thing isn't just something that comes up, you know, along 
overnight. Like there's effort and energies that are put into it. I agree. Yeah, there's not into what the fundamental thing of the Carlton Football Club is, which is a football team there to win games of football. Mm, very true. Timbo, yes. um, the other big question here for us. And Swan is by 13, just let you know. The final result. No, no, right now it's 20. I don't know why you're giving us these live updates because people will be listening to this show when the game is over. They will know the result. It's the 22 they minute mark of the final quarter, so it's getting towards People will be driving to work tomorrow going, come on, Swannies. <laughs> come on, Timbo's bloods. I didn't watch the game. This is really helpful in the end. Uh, Timbo. Yes. We don't want to get into particular names because we're going to do that as the episode wears on, so please bear that in mind. Don't cut all of our lunches with your answer. Do you understand, Tim? Nod. I shall do my best, Sean. <laughs> um, so the abandoned path came to me on Friday night as certain players who had been long denied an opportunity were given an opportunity and made good. And I sat there and thought, this is great, this is really pleasing. And then I thought, no, I'm angry because we should have had this months ago, years ago in some cases. The Carlton Football Club for too long have existed on the promise of the promise of tomorrow, that the idea that the next contest will be better, Tim, will be better after half time. we'll respond next week, in the second half of the season will be better. No, no, next year will be a better year, we've learned a lot this year. It's always what's coming next. And you just go, what we saw on Friday night was an example of why have you been so reticent? Why have you waited so long? Why have you waited so long? There was this great, I, I, I wrote it down, there's this great... Um, in the old, the classic Adam West um, Batman show, um, the Riddler said this thing goes, uh, what is always coming but never arrives, goes tomorrow. Mm. And you go, so this idea that we've been waiting and promising that the next one will be better, Tim. Yep. We'll be better next time. Just give us believe in us, we'll be better next time. You go, we've had these guys here for so long that you didn't want to give a look. Yep. And then now that you have, you're probably thinking and feeling pretty stupid. Well, you couldn't have watched that game on Friday night and walked away with that thinking, whether you wore navy blue or not as a supporter or you were just a somebody who was watching. Thank Christ we don't have to listen to BT anymore, but, well, we still have to, but, you know, the, the game is over. But, you know, his take with your boy Lockie O'Brien, you know, no idea. Like, just, just absolutely no understanding of but where he he's at in He it, knew nothing of him well, as a footballer. He didn't know that he'd, he'd not played since round one, and you're going, at some point you've got to do some sort of homework along the way. And this is where you may not like Bruce, and he may be over the hill and way past it and what have you. Fab. Bruce, look, rocks, Bruce rocks up on a Friday night prepared. Fab, if the Olympics have shown us anything, and I get that it's a one in four-year cycle, the amount of preparation these guys have got and they give you is jaw-dropping. It's not too little to expect a guy whose job it is to be a professional AFL commentator to know about AFL players. They harped on about St Kilda's injuries for three and a half quarters, but they had n- never once thought, okay, but what about us? They've got, they've got no homework done. No, and, 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 and you're absolutely right, and, and it's come through absolutely thick in the Twitter feeds, the the regard held... Like, we've always known McAvaney's a little bit of a freak, but the fact that, um, you know, uh, an Ian Thorpe and a Liesl Jones have come along and just knowing their craft as well and as deeply as they do... I shouldn't have done it, should I? No, no, but it's... But it, I've only got myself to blame. But, but <laughs> an AFL commentator, they're, they're more interested in the colour 
in the field. They're more interested in themselves. And themselves. Yeah. So, and, and yeah. But I've digressed away from the yeah. question about, um, about, about development and, and abandoning the path. Um, it was, you're right, it was lovely to see that we got a contribution from the guys that we'll obviously talk about more later on. Um, but you're right, you... Like, there was a correction after the Collingwood game that we were too attacking, and we went to a more defensive approach, and, you know, old mate Cotter's got a gig as a result of it because they thought that he could do the gut running and responsibility and mind a man and all that sort of stuff. And it was a shift that was probably justified at the time, but that shift just seemed to... last 18 weeks. Well, this is it. It it almost erased Lockie O'Brien from that point, and when you just saw the quality of his ball use... Oh, my God. Like, we've lamented it for so bloody long, and and look, we we don't want this to be about us patting ourselves on the back, and I mean, obviously, you've been unbelievably vociferous in the way that you've gone about the defending of Lockie O'Brien and the need for him to be named and give David him Teague. his opportunity. Who was it against Fab, um, Timbo? Sorry, was it David Teague against pre-North Melbourne or the game before when he speaks to Fox Footy and says, we need outside run, we need good ball users? And you're going... You've got one. You've going, got that. Are you, are you listening to yourself speak? Yeah. yeah. He go. Are you listening to what you are saying? It, it's so disappointing because you sit there and you go... Every player will wax and wane in their form, especially mm-hmm. when you're a young player. But a Lockie O'Brien who had a bad day out against Richmond, by the time he played round 20, he cannot have not played. Well, he, this is the problem. People say, oh, he wasn't playing well. You go, no, he was. Yeah. And then he wasn't. Yep. That they had the window. Correct. That they ignored. But there's been 19 weeks of football yeah. in between. I, I cannot, I cannot accept what we're being told, that he was not up to standard to be selected in and those 19 weeks. Others. And he should have played in that period of time, even if he'd only played four games of footy. Mm. I think it's wrong. I think it should be more than that. I still, still, still can't help but think that maybe there is some sort of a sweetheart deal in the background that is going to see Lockie O'Brien playing for another team, and we haven't played him because we didn't want to devalue what had already been recognised by an opposition team. But to me, it's the only thing that makes any sense as to why he hasn't played up until round 20. Um, so ultimately, look, the, the frustration from what we saw from in parts on Friday night, typified by a few of the boys who we will get to, Lockie O'Brien's naturally one of them, is that we've abandoned the development path once in the, in the past, and we did that to serve self-interest of yep. a couple of people. Mm-hmm. What's the chances that happens again? Like, I think it's pretty high, to be honest, because yep. at the moment... The it possibly of, depends what the review says too, Sean. At, at the moment, the wind of change is, is looking like it's going to tip a few out. Well, if they survive, they'll just do what they've always done. Again, it depends time. on what the review says. Because if Matthew Pavlich says, and he's smart enough, and the Jeff Walshers, and I, I forget the third guy, the guy that Graham Lowe, I think it is, He's the guy that's had the background with the All Blacks and all that sort of stuff, and you're talking about, you know, developing a culture and developing an identity and and building from the bottom up and making sure your youth coming through um, adopt what is recognised mm. as as the the minimum requirement and all that sort of stuff. To me, that right now, like we may have a complement of players players at the moment that can play finals, potentially win finals, and take us forward. But even if you don't, this is like ground zero. And everything has to build on that and has to be about improving that. 
And if you're not embracing these 21, 22-year-old kids that have still got talent and you're, you know, drive, drive change with them on board moving forward, if you're not doing that, I think you're crazy. And the fact that guys like Kennedy and Dow and the new compliment, which I'm again I'm sure we're going to talk about more in the in the balance of the episode, to have seen what they've been able to add in our last two months of football and the change and the way that it makes us feel about the way that we're performing and the look towards the future, to have not played them earlier and not give them the opportunities, it just looks negligent. If but if the review comes out and says as much then those in charge at the moment, they can't hold their position. Well, it either changes... You can't be told, okay, now you're going to have to play these guys. The review says, you haven't done this no, enough. Yeah, you have to come to that conclusion yourself long before a review is necessary. Right. And if you haven't, well, then you're not the right person. I completely agree. Speaking well, but, of the... but the question, sorry, Sean, would be, can, can the outcomes of the review be person A, whether you're... Senior coach, football manager, assistant coach, whatever. Can the learnings be you made some wrong decisions, but you're going to stay in your role? We're just going to make sure you don't make that mistake again. Can the club afford to do that and it goes wrong again? That's the million dollar question. That's the, the million reviewers, dollar question. You say, do you keep the same people in, armed with the knowledge of you zigged when you should have zagged? Now make sure you don't fuck it up and keep on moving. Or do you say, on the basis of what you've done, we think that a competent football manager or a competent senior coach or whatever wouldn't make that mistake and therefore that is why you are no longer the senior coach, the football manager, whatever well, the case may be. I think I think the review has to endorse one way or another. Direction. A, a decision. Personality. The people Direction. in senior positions can't have their hands held to that extent. No, that no those I, I agree. Me. Um, Fab, are we interested in Clarko? 100% we are. Should we be? Again, I've used this word before tonight. Um, apprehensive. Is it the Malthouse experience? It's the, yeah, it's the Malt. It's the it's scarring. Who's and the Malthouse experience? We've been on the record was right at the time. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. It just didn't work it out. It just didn't work out. Yep. Um, it's all about where Clarko is at. What are his motivations? What's yep. his mindset? If he still has the hunger for it then I don't think there's a coach, a better coach in the game. Should we be concerned somewhat by, and I, I believe we've spoken about it in the past, should we be concerned that Hawthorne are now at their lowest ebb and need and in need of a coach, arguably, more than at any time during Clarko's tenure? If he was so good, if he was still so sharp, why are they moving him on? It could be the lone wolf element. A man, Clarko would want to basically control Everything, and I think when you're in such a heavy developmental phase that Hawthorne are in, I don't think they want him to have that kind of autonomous control. Is that dangerous for us? Somebody coming in with that amount of control, no matter how successful he might have been? With our list, I don't think it would be an issue. I think someone like a Clarko comes in and gets the best out of everyone. Does he bring Bolts back? (laughs) Fucking hell. I never thought that name would be raised on pot again. He may. He <laughs> may. may. <laughs> oh, that, look, my, my apprehension, like we said, it is the Malthouse thing, but just more from the point of view that just Hawthorne need that level of direction and that level of 
confidence in that direction now more than they have since he was appointed. And if he was so great, I just don't know if they'd be moving him on. Now, I've been um, not backwards in coming forwards about my opinions of Sam Mitchell. I think he'll be a fantastic coach. Um, but the move to get him in now has been really interesting. Now at this juncture is really interesting. And what that says about Clarko and his management of things off the field, did he have? Unless Mitchell's given them an ultimatum. But did he have too much sway? Did he have too much control? You know, the Hawks, some of their list management stuff recently has not been great. Have they just done the Bucks thing? We don't want to lose you. That's exactly what they've done. We don't yeah. want to lose you. We to don't someone. want to lose Mitchell. Um, and so we're, we're guaranteeing his future, but you've undermined your senior coach regardless of his success and therefore it becomes an untenable situation. I don't think we should be looking too far into what's happening at Hawthorne. Well, this isn't the Riding the Bumps with the Grin podcast, is it? <laughs> He's done it again. Um, Hawk talk. Um, that already exists. Does it? Yep. Um, if he's available, I, I'm where I sit at the moment, I want someone with experience. Someone who comes in and, to use a line from Chris Jard, doesn't have the training wheels on. He's confident in his own ability we need to be and his own systems. We, if if we were to be interested in Clarko, we need to have ticked every box in that due diligence, you know, note on your phone, and just answer so many pressing questions about: Is he the right fit? Is his mindset the right? He goes, is he worth the money? Does he still have the sharpness? What sort of support would he need? Because we're obviously going to be without with the footy soft cap, we're obviously going to lose some assets to bring in a guy like that. Mm. Going, so what does that whole all look like? And that that's the thing that the club needs to be really, really clear on and committed to, that this isn't a decision made on a whim just because he's Alistair Clarkson. You know, this is, this is Alistair Clarkson now in his 17th year of senior coaching. And he was as innovative as a coach yeah. when he came in and he had new visions, new views on football that really changed the way that it was played. And he has revolutionised it. And as a result, he is he is the best coach going around now. Well, of the era. That's it. Is he the best coach now so has and the, moving forward? And I don't know the answer to that. Mm. But to me, that's what you look at. I, I think there is a big, big element of he'd been at Hawthorne too long. It was the same voice. The same people were listening to the same voice, the same message, the same attitude. It was time to change things around. Everyone it was, has a it was the, 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 the new broom sweeps clean, all that sort of stuff. And and to say, if they were going to say, if we need to commit to you, we legitimately need to be committing to you for probably seven years, do we want a guy at the end of that tenure into his 22nd year at the club? And while Kevin Sheedy has reinvented himself a few times and had an extremely long career at Essendon, I don't think they were the right calls for the Essendon Football Club. And I think they're smart enough to be... Like, Jeff Kennett will be smash from pillar to post over this decision and the way that it looked and all that sort of stuff. But I think it's exactly the right decision for the Hawthorne Football Club. It's a clash of two it, egos. It is. And in the medium term, it's the absolute... Medium to long term for the for the Hawthorne Football Club, it is the right call. It's a horrible look and, and it will alienate a lot of supporters as a result of it. But it is absolutely the right call. But as we said, from the pure selfish perspective, from a Navy Blue perspective, is Alistair Clarkson the right guy for us now, and if we are a number of years into the rebuild and re to play good football now, well, you sort of say, you know, why not? Agree. 
So before the game started on Friday night, Fab, what did I want to see? I wanted to see some spirit. I wanted to see a response. I wanted to see some intensity. And if they liked David Teague and believed in David Teague, show us. And I think we got it. I think we got it in spades. I'd given up on it. I was flummoxed that it came. Yeah, absolutely. Delighted, that's, that's, but flummoxed. Yeah, you know, like you're happy to see, but then go, look, we all said, where's this come from? You're sitting back going, where's this come from? That yeah. Fox footy pressure gauge was off the charts. I don't know how they work it out, but it was good. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> Do you know what I love? How they've got where we were ranked rounds one to four. We were 18th in the competition and then five to nine. How, what, where? Do you remember the game up at uh, the Gold Coast last year where we smashed the Bulldogs, played really, really well, and set the game up in the first quarter with really excellent pressure? Mitch McGovern had a snap from 45. Harry Mackay won a holding the ball 15 metres out, and we we, we started brilliantly. I lost all faith in whatever the pressure gauge was trying to tell me when the Bulldogs was higher. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, we're beating them, that's why we're beating them. Yeah, yeah. It's probably they had more tackles or something. It was absolute rubbish. You're failing the eye test. Yeah. that, That fab gets us into the chicken salads. First chicken salad. Yep. Structure. My God, players not getting sucked to the contest, keeping good shape around the ball. So it allowed us retention. We could go out the back to go forward. Yep. Oh, my God. We had options. Oh. And a couple of times we did overpossess it and kind of hemmed ourselves in against the boundary line. But for the most part, we had options to play through. And you're actually you, – you, you're, you're deploying – those those sort of contest breaking skills of a Dow and a Cripps and a Walsh and obviously Kurnow inside, but oh, what a relief to actually see for the first time it felt like this season some good shape. And our entries inside forward fifty were different. Oh, not not just not not there. not just not just different to what they've been throughout the season, but not everything was a carbon copy of what was happening before. Yep. So it's harder to set up against. It wasn't predictable. To the Saints. Yeah. yeah. We spoke about it being things being predictable to Absolutely. us. Timbo, we're much, much, much better, speaking of shape, defensive shape in transition. We didn't just concede the corridor like we did against North. Um, I remember sitting there thinking, and I'm sure you'll agree with this, that, that don't get beat by what you know. It was a long time ago, but we know what Brett Ratt and coach teams like to do. Yes. And they would have been licking their lips doing the review of our game last week, and we didn't let them do it. And I think that was the beauty of it. It, it was it was exactly the right team for us to come up against, having had a, a really shitful performance against North, because we've criticised Ratton for not having a plan B. Well, his only plan that he had was going to be absolutely reflective of North. We were ready for it. We were ready to put in place what we needed to do and and we had a series of football players that was sit, that was stung by the lack of effort and intensity last time and in the end they just ne- they never gave us a different look um, again early fast ball movement gave Max King the chance to be able to lead up at the ball which he does brilliantly and when you can mark the ball 11 feet in the air well you know if the ball goes to the right spot you could have two Jacob Wiedering's on him, and you're not stopping him. One on each other's shoulders. Yeah, correct. Like they're, try, like they're maybe, trying to sneak into maybe. an R-rated movie. Yeah. <laughs> was it frustrating for just me just to hear the the comment? And I've, this is the fourth time I've probably gone the commentators like critiquing Jacob Wiedering like he hasn't been in all Australian form because they season. don't want him to be the all Australian fullback. Yeah, but they don't want to give a Carl- Carlton player a polish. You mentioned let alone the club. You mentioned Jimmy Bartel earlier. It's just quietly, I'm going to go against my own thing. Is Jordan Lewis wearing, like, ladies' glasses? 
Some chance. Like if we get a close up of him, we won't now. They've gone to a highlights and, package. And underwear. <laughs> it's like it's like that uh, Seinfeld. Good evening, good evening, madam. When he's he's wearing the Gloria Vanderbilt collection. Um, but no, you, you mentioned earlier, Fab, with Jimmy Bartell talking about injury, and you're going. We've been a bad football team. We haven't been a threat as a football team for so long now. I think we've done our penance yeah. Yeah. for all the ills of the past, but the media and those guys still, they just don't, they can't do it. They don't want to. They don't want to. Yeah, no. So the other one for me, uh, Fabian, back to you, a really important phase of the game was the third quarter. I thought our maturity in the third quarter to hold back and play really responsible football. We didn't need goals with every possession. Yep. But what we did was control the rhythm of the game. We protected the dangerous parts of the ground. We managed the clock. And in cricket terms, Fab will love this, we just batted St Kilda out of the game. Yep. What does that mean? That means you bat for time so that oh. the Saints don't have enough time to win the game. Seems like what you do in cricket all the time. You're just, <laughs> just out there just blocking shots. Waiting. Waiting. <laughs> just wait there. Hold on. Let me walk down in the middle, do some fucking gardening. That... Bash, bash. Do you want to answer this bash, question, bash. Tim, just while we've got... No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, no, I agree. Off, at halftime, I was thinking to myself, the most important thing, or the thing I wanted to see was, I want to see us stopping St Kilda. They're going to want to come out and hit the scoreboard, turn that tap off. Before we... Yeah, we need to come out and kick goals. You don't want to sit back and try and defend a... However many point lead we had. It wasn't that much. But to shut the tap and slowly progress into it. I thought, yeah, it nail on the head, it was a mature performance and something we hadn't seen all year. Well, that was a problem last week, wasn't it, where we, we were in front yeah. at halftime last if week. If we had that third quarter performance last week. Not playing well, but mm. in front. Mm. And yeah. you kind of went, all right, we've got to get out. We had to do the opposite. We had to kind of put the foot down and yep. bridge them. But um, Timbo, I think what was really impressive for me and sort of – Segways for oh, what's what's Nick Hine going to do here? Is he going to turn the ball over? He's going. It's a terrible, terrible kick where they got away with it. Um, no, he shouldn't be commentating a game that's finished by the time you listen <laughs> to this. A, it's a highlight. <laughs> I just try to say, I just really wanted Nick Hine to turn that over. Uh, flowing on from that last point, Timbo, is it clearly during the week, and we've been no one's been more critical of David Teague really than us on this show, but obviously during the week the messaging and the preparation was spot on. They got it exactly where they needed it to be. And being glass half full, the list is not the problem. The, the list has never been the problem. The list still needs work. <laughs> yeah. Not this year. <laughs> but the list still needs work. No questions at all. But it's not the issue. The issue is how we continue to front up to games for football underprepared, um, mentality not right, get jumped, get be reactionary. We were none of that on Friday night, and it was oh, exactly. a breath of fresh air. And and that was the thing that it was sort of you, you could see that we were we'd come to play uh, uh, again. A phrase that I detest with a passion because Nick Malthouse, one of the greats. Yeah, what are you doing every other week? Come or, to play. Or, what do you mean? What do you yeah. mean? Come to play. <laughs> That's what we usually do. Um, and 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 so when King did jump us early, you just sort of thought, Gee, we're we're in this game. We can't we can't concede a start. We've got to make sure that we're sort of raging and. Getting, getting, you know, utilizing the benefit that we had, and the, the fact that a style of football we were playing was, was going, we could put some scoreboard pressure on this you know, opposition. That's an excellent point, and and it's just twigged me. I'm I'm sorry about this, fam. I'm going to tempt fate again here. So you know, it was really important when Max King started well that the guy at the other end started well as, as well. I must say, when he kicked his second, you had a bit after of that, King had three. I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, fam. 
you had a bit of that titmus and Ledecky, uh. but this idea of <laughs> this idea of okay, she's gone. Yep. I have to go as well. Yeah, yeah. You you've shown me your best. I've got to match this or else so I'm out. Max starts well and Harry goes, I'll have a bit of that. Yeah. Let's go. Absolutely. And then I think what was telling was um uh, the next couple of contests came in and the sh- St Kilda's shape wasn't ideal and Weathering just flew for uncontested marks and he, he put his own. And it was sort of funny. I almost felt like giving Weeders votes late because I thought on his balance his holes were exceptional. But you sit there and you go, can you really put up a guy who was... Did they, did they actually move him? Did they end up putting Jones on King, or did they stick with Weedering all night? I think they were fluid about it. I think they moved around a yeah. little bit, but it was just like he got stung. He's been stung before, and Weedering's done the old school Liam Jones goldfish action and just sort of gone, yeah, look, just pretend that never happened. And the next contest comes in, and you go, you take as dominant a defensive mark as you can, and you kind of looked at it, and you, and you kind of gone. We're going to be right now. Good, yeah, good response. Yeah, great response. You know, really mature. And, he, and if you had a, a football media that knew what they were talking about, they would sit there and they would say, that's why this guy is the captain. premier, or captain, but also premier key position defender in the competition right now. Agree completely. And I think what was really pleasing again about that is Max King's going to, if, if you put the ball out in front, you mentioned earlier, if you put the ball out in front of him, most key forwards in the game are going to, Dine out. He's a behemoth. He's a big man. You know what he doesn't want? But we do leave that. No, we do leave we're that gonna hole. Get, we're going to get onto that. He doesn't want contact. He doesn't want body work. He doesn't want that. He doesn't have that. He's a, he's a greyhound. Whereas, like, like you only have to watch Ben King in the uh, the grand final sprint. Very quick. And, and you sit there and you go, this guy this guy has a shape about him that we have never seen. He's out of the red box, Timbo. He's <laughs> away. Um, Every time Timbo mentions greyhounds, I just... What was his name? Santa's little helper, your, your pup? Uh, no, we had. Oh, um, no, you had a greyhound, didn't uh, you? He, he, took a, he took a shit in Torren's room that had to be removed. <laughs> had to remove the whole section of carpet. Oh, no, no, no yeah. it was never that bad. Um, <laughs> he, he ended up he, on his last day with us. How he, big was the shit? No, he got. He was sick. No, no. Well, they 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 have a really bad gut, and we actually had to feed him psyllium husk in his food because it, he would sh- he would dead set shit through the eye of a needle. This dog, and, and that was when he was well. <laughs> so to to try and clean, and I couldn't do it. Like it, it was the, the smell was so offensive. It would it would generate a gag reflex with me. I couldn't I couldn't even be there. And Elise kept on saying she thought I was being a pussy. I I, I couldn't even be in the room with that smell. How she cleaned it up is. Absolutely beyond me, um, and I've had a mental blank. I can't even remember the name of the dog. <laughs> <laughs> Tim's, Tim's wiped what, him. Mate, Tim's wiped him. Mate, yeah, <laughs> His name was Harry. Actually. Harry, <laughs> Fab. If one of us walked into Torrens' room and took a big shit, he'd remember us forever. <laughs> Elise, <laughs> Sean's done it again. Ah, Sean, we've got to get any of that psyllium husk left over. Oh. Um, I don't even know what you were talking about. I don't really care. <laughs> Max King's a greyhound. Well, I actually said Ben King was, but any, but yeah, well, they but, are identical twins. This is very true. You make a great point, <laughs> but but they are they're a look that we've just not seen in our game. You know, we, we've never had key forwards like our Harry is. You know, he he's he's tall, he's rangy, he's got speed and all that sort of stuff. But he's still a little bit. He can still clunk it and all that. He's very good on a lead, but he can still come back with a flight and all that sort of stuff. They're very lead up at the ball. Mm. Um, and, and Ben is, is naturally, because he had the extra year of AFL footy, he's naturally a bit ahead. Correct. Which is understandable, both in terms of body shape and, and the like. But, um, Fab, next point, we're going to go on to pressure and intent. Pressure and intent was excellent. Jack Martin, I thought, typified that 
very early. And um, again, that's just a basic tenet of league football, isn't it? Absolutely. It's a non-negotiable as well. So it's... it was been, Jack's been on for a couple of weeks, I think. Um, largely. He has. And... Um, just still a little bit proppy, proppy with the knee at times. Yeah, I think he's not one hundred percent, but his output's been good. Go back from when he first came back to oh, what he's he been in the, in the last. It's oh, right. Yeah. He's he needs. I've used this before. You know the whole. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know what you were doing. I thought you were muting. I thought you went to mute me. You I was went... muting myself. Yeah, he was going to cough because <laughs> I've never had this button at my disposal over the last <laughs> six months. Timbo, there's been episodes where you'd be permanently on the red. <laughs> um, Jesus The whole Wayne Rooney You know Thing about Jack Martin He just needs games of football To get that match fit And when he is He's always been that hard Tackling High pressure People forget that They look at him Because he's skinny And he can oh, play he's out. hard He no, hits But he hard. can play outside yeah. And all that sort of stuff But they don't realise That he is as hard as a cat's head so. Use it again Timbo It's got some hard bark on him Hard bark I do like that one Never heard it It's from No Country for Old Men mm. He's got some hard bra, hard bark on him. <laughs> what was that? Hard bark. Hard bark. <laughs> that didn't come out. He's got way. some hard bark on him, and that's when the uh, they said something about who was the ultimo ombre. I've been trying to work that in. I can't figure out how to do that. Um, and you know what else I really like? Just a little one percenter, Tim. Just a tiny little one percenter. You could hear our guys because there was no crowd umpiring the game. Yeah. You could. There were a few instances where you could hear our players asking the question of the umpire. Yep. And I, I just thought that's great. Yeah, well, it's and it's it's the look into it that we never see, but we've always thought that we needed our guys to be a bit footy smarter. Absolutely. Uh, and to finally see it, whether it's always been happening and we've just had umpires that are not listening, um, just to have a bit of confidence and, and um, try and mould their own plight, I think is is a really good thing. Don't leave it up to, to others to decide for you. You know, put a little bit of um, a question into the... Um, the umpires' heads and, and sort of say, well, to our understanding, this is the way that we are going to be playing this game. Mm. I hope you're on board and this is the way that we're all heading as a collective. And what I wanted to hear, and like it was obviously coming through quite clearly, but I never heard, and there was a couple of times where we had them, and, and they may not have had enough prior opportunity. Hold the ball! But just yell out, I want him to make an attempt. Yeah. Like, is he trying to get this thing out? Because sometimes, like, yeah, you haven't had prior opportunity, but you still got to try and get the bloody ball out. Yep. And there's a couple of times St. Kilda like, yeah, we'll just hold it in and we're... Brad Crouch. Just... Man. He had a shocker. No, but like... He, yeah, but he... Really he, there. And the he, opportunities he got to go, get rid of the ball, it happened a bunch of times. There, there was, going, I think I mentioned it on last week's pod, there was a really interesting um, interview or a segment with um, Razor Ray and they're basically saying, you get tackled, um, you don't... Kind of saying you can get spun around twice, but if there's no prior, they're kind of saying we're not going to pay holding the holding the ball. And but one of the things that he did say um, is the moment you grab the ball and you hold it up above your head, that's you're exercising a prior. You're trying to get away from the tackle and and prolong. To use the next phase mm. of the tackle to then dispose of it, but that's no. encouraging you to give up on the play. Well, well grab Ron, the ball, Ron Marshall grab, grab did the ball, early. absorb the tackle, and yeah. then give that fake ass. Correct. 
Handballing it into your own chest. They penalised Rowan Marshall when he did that. He put two hands above his head and you've I've got gone, to talk about Rowan Marshall. He's bang on. But as you said, there was a couple with um, with Brad Crouch and you've gone... Like, the crowd knows. Like, we're all very, very one-eyed, but you sit there and you have an incident and you go, well, that's holding the ball. And then when it's not paid, you're going... I watch a lot of footy and I like to think I know what's going on, but if, if that's where my sport is moving to, well, then clearly I am not up with it. And I think most supporters would... would say, there's a point where you're going, this might be a close one, that might be a close one, some of them you let go, but sorry, that's holding the ball. Yep. Coming up next on the Play the Whistle podcast, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go through every umpiring decision of the week. No, no, now we're going to move now on to the player-by-player uh, player, you know, portion of the chicken salads. And there's really only... There's one... Yeah. This man, I said it on Twitter, he's the Simone Biles of the AFL. He's so good, he's playing so well that people don't know how to process it. Yeah. No, I, people I totally don't know, agree. You've got people, you know, we're going to talk about Jack Silvani next. He's next, Fab. Whoa. Sam Walsh was so far and away the best player on the ground. Disagree, that respectfully. To even but entertain. But it was different. It's it was right. different. To even entertain that anyone was better than him is a disservice and a discredit to Sam Walsh. People are just taking this guy for granted if you don't sit there and go, he was the best player on we've the ground seen tonight it, again. We, we've seen it happen with Cripper, where he gets is, is judged by a, a different criteria than what other midfielders were. You go back Cripper two years ago, you know, if you had a 25-possession game, it was like, oh, Patrick Cripps was off. It's like, no. <laughs> no, he's just a victim of his own high stands. And that's where Walsh is at now. And... That part of it, you're absolutely right. It's just like... You know what he is, Fab? We expect that now. You know, you know what Sam Walsh is? He's the real St. Elmo. He's the real patron saint of The man emotion. in motion. He's the real... So you are a pretender. You are a hack fraud. This guy's the real deal. He's gonna. We're going to call him St. Elmo from now on because <laughs> this guy just does not stop. Is it John Parr or Steve Parr? John Parr. There was some guy going afterwards, the media, the media are like, oh, just tag him. You can't. Good yeah. fucking luck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just tag him. Why isn't anyone it. clamping him? Yeah. But the, you the, can't. Yeah, but like, the, like they're not trying. Like It's like they get in the whiteboard and go, all right, so who's the number 18 for Carlton? Never heard of him. No, no, this when, guy. When he kicked the third goal and he was he was on the defensive side of where the ball was and he was 25 metres out from goal, maybe 30, and they've managed to shovel the ball back out to him and there was no one within three metres of him and all he had to do was gather... Snap around the body, you know, just just finish. Three metres is a death sentence. <laughs> and, <laughs> you need to be and closer Brett than that. in the box turned around and it was as if he said to the assistant coaching corps, who had clearly at some point said, we don't need to run a hard tack on Sam Walsh. He's gone, should we fucking start now? He's like Shooter McGavin. You know what he said uh, to his caddy? He goes, I think you should use a five iron... And he chips in or whatever. He goes, you're fired. Yeah, exactly <laughs> it's like right. that. You go, you've told me you didn't need to tag him. Yep, he goes, well, yep. he's taken the game away from yep, us. Yeah, correct. Good it's call. exactly what he Shooter's done. greatest line is still. The rhyming? No, he goes. He pieces of shit like you yeah, for breakfast. He pieces of shit like you for breakfast. <laughs> pieces of shit for breakfast. <laughs> no. <laughs> what does he say? He goes, oh, you will pay. Listen to what I have to say. I can make things out of clay and lay by the, the bay. bay. I just may. <laughs> Uh, it's look, a great movie. Look, it is. Look, right. It's um, timeless. But going back to to Sam Walsh, straightening up. Oh yeah, straightening up. I'm going to go early, like real early. This could be interesting. 
he will win a Brownlow within three years. Done. He might win he a Brownlow this, this year. year. Yeah. He might win a Brownlow no, in the next. This year. He might win he the Brownlow in the next three weeks. He will. Win, no, no, no. But this is not. He's a chance. He will win a Brownlow in three. He, years. he has. The, we always said the secret to winning a Brownlow is you have to be seen and be recognisable. Um, now that he's to, getting the recognition, the ball, I reckon carrying the ball is important. Um, and if he can kick goals, so much the better. He doesn't. Do you remember last season? He was getting the looks, and it was probably fifty-fifty. Like he'd, he'd nail fifty of them, fifty uh, percent, miss fifty percent. He doesn't miss now. You know when, think, when he gets the ball, yeah. You know, it could be an interesting thing, particularly playing for a quote-unquote big club. Um, the Essendon game is a great example. You were there, Tim, yeah? Yeah, I was, yep. So, After quarter time. But yep. So he was, he got the classic round of applause as he left the field. Yeah, he did. And that's a bit of a, we don't have that at the moment with no crowds, obviously, but he's getting that when we play in front of crowds. Yep. He's getting that affirmation from the crowd mm-hmm. that the umpire goes, oh, okay, yep. I thought he was playing well. There's 25,000 people. Daddy would get it. Daddy That's would, a bit because there's late to the last, he'd come off for for a spell. Jesus, yeah. there's twenty five other thousand people here who, who reckon he's done all right he's as well. Done okay if they're too. giving him a round of yeah. applause, so look, he's he's just a phenomenal phenomenal player. Speaking of players in phenomenal form, uh, I go to you with Jack Silvani, the man responsible for eighty percent of his votes in the Prenders this year. Um, no one's saying he didn't play well. He played exceptionally well on Friday night. Fat. I think he showed. I don't have to justify, mate. He was phenomenal. For someone with zero ruck experience to go in, or not zero, he's played what a half a game last week, to go in and compete. He was just he was competing. He wasn't putting the ball down people's no. throats. He was competing. Well, this is where I wanted to touch it, and I'm going to loop back onto Jack. Rowan Marshall. They kept all leading into the game that he, he was back in. Rowan Marshall's back in. Like he's the second coming of Dean Cox. This kid. You know, what I reckon Rowan Marshall's is. I reckon he's the second coming of Matthew Loby. He's a fraud. <laughs> like, Matthew yeah. Loby was a guy who played some good footy, and you went, this guy's playing really well. Yeah, well he was elevated, and you just went, eventually you kind of went, oh, he's actually a bit ordinary. Now, while Paddy Ryder, right. Ryder missing was was That's huge. It. That's it. Right. You've, a- you've answered the yeah, question. But, yeah, but Rowan Marshall, we didn't end surely, up when you're rucking against nobody, Correct. you should be dominant. Now... Rowan Marshall's strength is he can be the second ruckman behind Ryder, so he can pinch hit, but he's dangerous. Well, that's forward. not that's not a, a, he's a, not a dangerous when the, he's rucking with Paul Hunter. Well, Ryder's one hundred and thirty-seven years old. No, I agree with that. So they need a sec- they need a, a better plan B or a, a plan. Full it sounds stop. like they need a plan A because yeah. Marshall's the plan B. Yeah. So he compliments seventy hitouts to eleven. I know. I saw that stat. All right. Now we've always said when we win the clearances. We're a much better team. Even when we're in shocking form, we win the clearances. We're much better. To lose 70 to 11, you've got to give a lot of credit to Jack Silvani. We that, are. Yeah, we are. That not only that, but not only did he compete in the ruck to force, not allow Marshall to dictate where these hitouts are going, he became a fifth midfielder that St Kilda couldn't contain. He was. When the ball hit the ground, he was seriously dangerous. And the amount of times that he gathered it below his knees and all that sort of stuff, you thought, other ruckmen can't do this. Kicked a goal. Yep. T- TDK and Sauce could be the... No. You're being, yes. you're being silly. No, no, no. You're being silly now. TDK doing 80% ruck. You're being ruck, silly. Doing 80% ruck and Jay Sauce going in against the second ruckman. You're being silly. Sean Greg won a I premiership posed, doing I posed it. the question the other day going, who is our second ruck? Yo, that's is, a, no, that's a, only a centre bounces. Right. Hmm. Around the ground, 
you have key position players who can take, you know, throw-ins and, and what have you. Jake yeah, Wearing can do no, it. Harry no, McCoy no can do it. No problem with a throw-in, but I don't want any of our stars taking centre bounces. No. I don't want Harry Mackay to take a centre bounce in his life. Look what Drew Petrie did to you. <laughs> we can't afford that to happen to anyone with some currency. PTSD. Jack. Jack, where's Jack? You're going in the right... What? What? <laughs> Could you imagine when he said, Jack, you're up? He goes, fuck, I know you hate the Sylvanis around here, but... <laughs> Fair <laughs> you're, trying to kill, you're trying to kill me on national television. Yeah. Came down he was, little. He was... Look, I thought he was BOG because of his... The way he competed in the ruck, but then once the ball hit the ground... How much has that it's got to do with his olive oil skin? He's a good-looking lad. A- but attitudinally, he was exceptional and he set the tone. But he was still beaten 70 or <laughs> to 11 <laughs> in the <laughs> <No>. year. <laughs> so, he still won one I, in every I, I, eight. I, I love he it. Was the I highest love ranked, that he did. He was the highest-ranked player. I'm hearing you. I'm hearing Carlton player on the ground. Yeah, I'm hearing yeah, you. Yeah, but wasn't Rowan Marshall one of the highest-ranked St Kilda players? And he was utterly ineffective. He did have... 46 hit outs or whatever it was um, as next, well. Uh, next cab off the rank with the chicken salads. A brief one because we've already we've already sort of touched on, on quite a lot of this here is <laughs> Jacob Wiedering. Marshall was the second ranked player on the ground and Silvani was third. There you go. Who was number one? Jack Steele. Jack Steele. Another bloke who I think is overrated. He had a better year last year but he had he had eight tackles a quarter time and and those rating systems recognise tackles in a big, big way. Just means and he does that second. magnificently, and that's exactly right. Um, we touched precisely. on Jacob Wiedering and, and him overcoming his struggles early to play out a really solid game. Uh, we don't want to back over him too much. Have you got Raul's soundbite uh, ready to go? Well, I, I didn't really want to use Raul's soundbite this week because it wasn't. I didn't think he played well enough. But we've got, <laughs> we've got a bit of... This is reserved for when Raul plays well. He did play well, but I didn't think he was deserving of a soundbite. I just wanted to hear it. Was it a snake charmer? It's a sitar, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's what it is, absolutely. So that's that's what'll play when Raul plays well. <laughs> I love how it's like <laughs> it goes on for an extended period of time. And yet we play like two notes. <laughs> two of notes the man. for Sam Walsh. <laughs> well that's you gotta get the tenor of the song, no, don't no, you? No, absolutely. Uh, shout out to Junior as well. Lake Weedering has evolved to Lagoon Weedering. So he's he's evolved um, I love I can't wait till we meet Junior. I love yeah. this man and I've never um, even met the guy. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but I'll, uh, just he's my sergeant on, at arms. On, uh, well, apparently, yeah. The big goose, uh, my man. Just with weird as I thought, his ball use was absolutely brilliant. I just wanted to give him a shout out for that. I, I cannot get enough of the way that he kicks the footy when he goes for a long fifty meter pass. It, it gives it no air at all. He just thumps through it and it hits the target. It it's makes incredible. that transition when we go from one side to the other. Oh, effective. Well, you got You can do that because when Jones is the fast. one, when Jones is the one doing it, it's, oh, it's, it gives it some air, doesn't shoot. he? It's wow. a crap shoot. <laughs> I get the just, I just motion over to the defibrillator when Jonesy's got the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Had one installed in the house. Uh, Paddy Dow, gentlemen, growing in confidence before our very, very eyes. It was really heartening. I, I had a flashback to the first time I saw Paddy Dow play in a Carlton jumper. It was against the Saints in a yeah. practice game uh, at Princess Park, and it's just so funny from then to now. And you thought the knocks on this kid. What he did that day, he did on Friday night, running out of the middle, hitting targets, extracting, and looking every bit an AFL football with Timbo. He's so powerful, and his ability to be able to break through um, and step around guys and clear away from contest is exceptional. Um, but it was the hitting the targets. It's it, just, you it, know what he's doing too in the contest? He's just taking a split second longer to just compose the hands. Yep. Because he had a tendency to kind of flick it out, really like Andrew Walker on the left style. Yep. Real, like just haphazard. This could helicopter anywhere. Mm. He's just taking a little tiny bit, split second longer, to steady, 
there's a target, yeah. etc. And it wasn't just him. There was about four or five on the night. It was the only thing that frustrated me was um, a couple of times the handballs when we did go to release them didn't clear the guy mm. in, in, in the contest in front and it, and it brought them back into the game, whereas we were... We had control of the ball. We had the opportunity to release and create. Um, but he, his mistakes were very few and far between. Um, and the best thing, as we've sort of said, he is now adding, he's now got the confidence in his decision-making and his execution, and he's hitting guys on the lead. And you sit there and you go, um, a confident Paddy Dow is a good Paddy Dow. I noticed what and, Sean... And he's still young. What Sean was saying that, if we're going to go quickly, he doesn't have to move it on straight away, but he was moving quickly. He'd mm. get it and take off, and after you his be, second... Yeah. You be in motion. Yeah, and then, okay, I've taken two steps, but it's on, and give it. Yeah. So he he was almost playing on before he even got the ball. He was just... He was in rhythm. Yeah. Which I, you can imagine, he would have been doing that when he was in under-18s. He, he would... He'd see the way the game was playing out. He knew how he could best impact. He'd have confidence in his own ability... And as a result, he was the best player on the ground, invariably. When, when you pick three, unless you're playing against a, a Luke Davies, Uniac and all that sort of stuff, you know, who who at the same time was sort of, you know, much vaunted as well, um, most of the time when you're executing and playing well and playing confidently, you are the best player on the ground. He's not necessarily the best player on the ground now, but he's owning his own actions and his own outcomes Um and he looks a better. We're a better team for it's it. Playing he a role. looks a better player for it. Hundred yeah. percent. Another player who got an opportunity on Friday night that was very much deserved and very belated was Josh Honey. Um, fab. I like a honey. I got the text. <laughs> oh really? But do we not? Do we have any rackmen? <laughs> I tweeted it, Timbo. Got a lot of love, but not from you. That was two. first quarter, wasn't it? Yeah. People were loving that he said rackmen. Yeah, he did. But what I loved about Honey, they love that I love Honey, and someone said I love Tony. <laughs> Where is Tony? We could yeah, we could have got him on tonight. Um, why haven't we played? Why haven't we played? <laughs> we took the boys to time zone today, so Tony be probably having a lie down and asleep. Uh, why haven't we played him? This guy looks like a footballer. Whenever you see him, I saw him play against Fremantle last year, and he moved really well. Um, I think he only had four touches that day, and I was shocked. I was like, oh wow. Uh, he had thirteen touches, Fab, on Friday night, all of them high impact. Yeah. And he gave away three. Like he set up three goals, or was involved in three goals. He, he, he is the player you give the role they were trying to give Zach Fisher. Correct. Yep. And we've all said it. We've all saw it. We've all been saying it. And you're going. He's the guy you give that role and give Fish, you know, further up the ground. Yep. And Fish working up the ground was was decent. <laughs> Tim got, he's, he's, wearing a, he's, he's wearing an apron. His shorts. He's, he's wearing an apron. <laughs> That's Sam Reed, isn't it? I called it a tunic, but it's sort of like at least attempt to wear your Guernsey. Um, so no, so Fab, I mean, Honey's an example for me. You know, another frustrating example of mismanaging one player, which has also affected someone else. Yep. Absolutely. So now onto the Coupe de Grace, if you will, Lockie O'Brien. I could not be happier. <laughs> I don't know about you two idiots. We spoke the other week about giving this guy an opportunity and that our match committee cannot be trusted to appraise and afford that opportunity to young players and, and whatnot. He played you know, most of the game. He had 20 touches, 80% efficiency, had three, I think, direct goal assists, hit up a couple of scything passes to Harry Mackay. When you've got the Coleman medal leader and you've got a guy who can lace him out mm. and he hasn't played for 18 weeks, yep. absolute joke. But Lockie you know what that does as well? You just, nail on the head. 
You get a Lockie O'Brien delivering that type of ball inside 50. Harry only needs Harry, to ha- touch the ball 10 ha- times. Yeah, but Harry's not drawing one bloke. No. He's not drawing two. They're blocking holes in it. And all of a sudden, guess who's off the leash? Charlie. I'm going to talk about him in a moment. <sighs> Lockie O'Brien is not in the team to win clearances or tackle. And that is totally fine. And there's still people out there who are going, who don't see what he brings. Like, oh. even after that performance, because he's not, you know, lower and harder, Sean, predetermined. If you don't go in hard, if you don't go in hard, Fab, you get hurt. That's when you get hurt. If you don't go in hard. <laughs> no, we, we, I've always said it, and I, I go to great pains. There are people with predetermined ideas of certain players, and his is that he's soft. Yeah. And he's not. He's actually not, yeah. But, look, at the end of the day, people... People see what they want to see. They interpret it the way that they do. Like it's not our job to change people's opinions, but um, you know we we can we can laud him when we can see his contribution. And the saddest thing is, given that he hasn't been playing, is and you hit the nail on the head before, Sean. What he gives us and what his strengths are is exactly what we've been lacking and we've been craving. Could you he, imagine he had some continuity to him? Mate, well, he, ticks, he ticks too many boxes to be marginalised like he has. You saw that first, one of the first goals we kicked, um, was it Walsh to Dow to someone? I can't remember who kicked the goal. Through the middle? But you go, the goal arrives because Lockie O'Brien presents up at centre-half back. Yep. You go, so he presents at the footy, in that case, he presents at the footy in a dangerous part of the ground. And I actually thought, you know, there was a part of me, you know, my heart, have you seen you know, Looking for Eric when, when he's describing putting the ball over to Dennis Irwin? I haven't seen it yet. You haven't, uh, you haven't provided me with a, the... Uh... It's a 13-year-old movie. Um, <laughs> I thought this where, was the, the new one. No. But there's a bit where Canton is telling the story about he chips the ball over to Dennis Irwin who runs onto it and he goes, my heart soared. And I thought there was a part of me where Lockie turns and I thought, this is the kick you fucked up. Against Richmond. Against Richmond, yep. This is the kick that puts you in jail. Yep. He Pur- hits it. Purgatory. <laughs> he, you hit it perfectly. Yeah. It releases the play and we kick a goal. Yep. And there was almost a moment, he probably wasn't cognizant of it, but that moment of... Well, if he was, you know, like he'd be mentally kick. scarred for the but rest that's of a good, his that's career. That's a good kick. Yeah. Because he's hit the kick, blah, blah, and I thought that was fantastic. So this is the journey of a young player. If he's up one week, down the next week, that's how it goes. Yeah. He's a young player. And as you say, there's good kicks in that... It goes from point A to point B, and the style of kick is great. Mm. But there are positional kicks on the ground where it absolutely opens up the opposition. It's to the most dangerous. It's where the opposition don't want the ball to be. We're desperate where for it to be. they can't defend. Correct. And you abs- not only have you, you nailed the decision, you've nailed the execution, and everybody else is on board because they know you can do it, and you benefit as a result of it, and you're going... You went above 80%. What about the kick? So you think about the kick he put to Harry Mackay, and you just went, there's two outcomes as soon as that leaves his boot. It's a mark. Or a free kick. Or it's a free kick. Yeah, that's right. There's two outcomes. Because the defender can only panic. We do not have enough players in our team who can execute that kick. And the fact that he hasn't been playing is a joke. Uh, The other one we want to really briefly touch on is Willow. Willow. Further further advanced. A little bit further up the ground, Willow. He was very... I thought he was very fumbly early, and he looked like he was just playing without confidence. And then he got the ball, and was it in the end a shot after the siren at half time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you said he'd miss. And I said, yeah, you texted him. I said there is no chance he kicks this goal because I, I just saw him as being not confident, and I always thought he was a guy who would be better on the run. Yeah, 
and he, he kicked it beautifully. I had the same thought. It's almost too close for him. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly right. Like 45 and degree, he's got to kind of caress it through instead. And he was given a bit more responsibility. It, was all, it wasn't It was a tagging role. It was a little bit more sort of run with accountability. Um, but he found himself a lot further up the ground, less deep. Um, and as the game wore on, he got a whole lot more confident. And again, as we sort of said about a confident Paddy Dow, I, I thought, I, I've always loved Willow. He's been one of my absolute favourites. Gets I caught a few times. I, I like his size. I like his shape. Yeah, he, he keeps on wanting to do the, the stiff arm, and I don't, I don't think I've ever seen it work. Um, but um, but I, I thought it's about time to give up on the Willow experiment. Um, and to his absolute credit, especially in the second half on Friday night, I thought he was brilliant. And I think I've fallen in love with him all over again. So yeah. I just really hope for Willow that he can add, you know, get get a, a little bit of momentum in the last three games of the season and build on it, and and hopefully that transitions further into the future for. Can him. you play wing? Absolutely, absolutely, Jeff, couldn't he? Um, the next uh, chicken salad is the Twin Towers. One of them got the reward, but you could make an argument, Fab, that it was because the other one was actually just there. Just there, Charlie. We just wanted him to get through the game. He had the arguably the moment of the match when he kicked his goal. Mm-hmm. Other than that, he didn't really do a lot. That's fine. <laughs> you that, were saying, was he playing? But I, I, my, to be honest with you, my fear at one point was we actually haven't seen him. Yeah. Like, we actually haven't. Is he, on is the, he off? Is he off the field? Down is in he, the rooms. Like, is he in the rooms? We haven't no, no, seen I, him. I, I think I looked for him a lot, and he was large, He was there a lot. Um, but you couldn't expect that he was going to rip the game apart. No, no, exactly and, right. Exactly right. But and he, yeah. What he did. I just wanted him to get through. What he That's did all I needed. Was create space. For Harry, and Harry couldn't be double teamed. You pull defences apart. You ha- yeah. That's, and if we get the three-headed beast this week, Cerberus. Ooh, 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 ooh. Apparently, he played very well, Mitch McGovern in the twos. We could have also gone with is it King uh, King Ghidorah also has three heads. That's like a big, like a dragon thing mm. that Godzilla occasionally fights. I think um, the Hydra. I think the Hydra sort of got Cerberus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> we don't want to get you know wrapped up in mythology. You're talking about Red Skull. Yeah. Red Skull. You said Hydra. No, that's a completely different thing. Okay. The Hydra is a beast from ancient uh, Greek mythology. Uh, the Hydra that you're referring to is a splinter sort of splinter cell of the Nazi organisation that infiltrated the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, so Harry, Harry kicks his five goals, which was great, overcame the toe. Could have been seven. Could have I, been. I think he looks like he'll carry that toe for the rest of the year, but um, pleasingly we don't want to go too early, but it looks like he's got one hand on the Coleman. Three games. I'm officially frustrated I cashed out my bet. It's one of the mailbox (laughs) it's one of the mailbox questions and apologies that I don't remember who it's from. Is he over the line? He's he's nine ahead of Taylor. He's not over the line yet. He's got a Taylor Taylor Walker. He's got one hand. He's over the line. He's over the line. There are very few weeks where Harry doesn't kick goals. I think you could easily you could easily assume he will kick a, do- a goal a week to finish the year, where it means he's twelve in front, unless he gets injured and he misses the last two weeks of the year. Touch wood. Um, Tex can't kick four a week and draw um, with Adelaide being the team that they are at the moment. You know what I think? He wins. Well, you know what will put a, a put the icing you know, next week against the Gold Coast. Fifteen goals. Fifteen. Just <laughs> <to> ice it. <laughs> um, so that's the chicken salads. Excellent, excellent stuff. Uh, we want to go now to the SI Morales Memorial Buster Nut Most Heart Award. If we've, I've seen nominations. Nominations have come through. Um, Jack Silvani's is an obvious one. You know, you know, Fab wants to have you believe that Tim and I didn't raid his game. Couldn't be further from this is Casino Royale all over again. <laughs> you um, hate Casino Royale. It's just not a good James Bond movie. It's a really good film. It's just a bad James Bond film. It's like fishing with um, 
Weedering was Junior's nomination, which I was really taken by. I thought that that was an excellent, you know, he bounced back and got himself uh, going and he ended up playing a really integral role. It's Lockie O'Brien. Lockie O'Brien, Raider nomination. I think he worked hard. Mm-hmm. I, I think his output... Because there's output that he can have when he's got the ball in hand and you can you can address goal assists, you can address metres gained, all those sorts of things. But it's it's his running ability and making sure that he's putting pressure on the right guys at the right moment to be able to keep the balance on the field as well. And I think he did a lot of that as well. And, and, and that's the bit that will always go either unrecognised or unrewarded. And I thought that... And there was like... There was a bit of play and... I always sort of think about the haters and there was a bit of play. He was on the wing and he corralled a guy that had the ball and I reckon everyone's gone, oh, you stayed three metres off him, you never went at him, um, it's because you're soft. And you sit there and you're going, look, he could have gone at him and he could have run around him. In the end, what he's done there is just slowed the play down and given his defenders the chance to make sure that they're not being exposed in any way. And at that point you go, Lockie O'Brien, tick. And to that end, he might not be a buster nut man, um, but he was pretty good. I thought the buster nut man um, was Josh Honey. I, I thought Ooh, I thought his first honey nut, def- honey nut, honey nut, honey nut crunch. Yeah, <laughs> honey nut crunch. Look, I, to be honest with you, the first name here just stands out. I think it's Jack. It was Jack. Yeah. I mean, on Friday gone, night, it was Jack's gone back to back in the SR Morales Memorial Bus. Reluctantly. Uh, reluctantly, Sean's So, in for it. anyone who hasn't listened, if you want to ever watch the movie La Bamba, there's one performance <laughs> in that movie that is just one of the highlights of cinema, to be honest. Johnny Drama's performance in Licence to Drive was the end of the golden age of cinema. S.R. <laughs> Morales's performance in La Bamba. <laughs> Which one was it? Where My the, God. The review said Johnny Drama was a functioning retard. <laughs> 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 so, playing Bob Morales, he just gave it everything. Not all of it was great, but it was compelling. And that's why, uh, you know, Jack, not everything did Jack did was amazing, but he was giving it everything. He was giving it everything. For the whole runtime. Um Chicken shits. I reckon we won't labour on these, but I just had a couple. Fitness. We we seem to run out of gas a little bit. That's. I'm not so worried about that. I, I thought Timbo. That was probably more. Uh, um, that was probably more a case of us having done so much to win the game. We just ran out of gas, and the Saints obviously in that last quarter needed goals, needed them quickly, threw caution to the wind. And they need to save face a little a bit. Little I mean, bit, like you, yeah. you don't want to get beaten by 10 goals when you can get beaten by five. Uh, but I sort of thought, yeah, it's frustrating, but at mm. the same time, we've worked so hard to get to the match-winning lead. And Ma- Max King had impacted the game and then he disappeared. They were playing Tim Membry a lot further up the ground and he's a guy that's always hurt us. They pushed him a little bit closer to goal. He got a few more opportunities. He's brilliant when he gets an opportunity. So, um, you know, the fact that he put... not It wasn't scoreboard pressure because the, the game... They were junk time goals, um, but they got themselves back into the game. But Absolutely. Yeah, look, we, we again, we worked our guts out. You, you can't maintain that level of pressure for four quarters. The job was done, um, but it's something to build on. Uh, and then Fab mentioned it earlier, so we won't, won't labour on it, but the just the leading lane early in defence was frustrating and it set the Saints up off the mark, but they corrected it. As the mm-hmm. game wore on, that was annoying that, you know, everyone sees it every week and for it to happen to start the game was kind of, you're going, what, what are we doing? If Why the ball was still again? delivered the way it was delivered, King still takes that mark. Mm. But the fact that there was still no one in the lane. Yeah. You just, some... can't, you just can't have that. No. Uh, Hartlett handballs. Does anyone have an Adam Hartlett handball for us? Charlie's goal, I think, 
given the context of his comeback and his overall performance. I think There was something that I saw on Twitter and there was a bit of play when Liam Stocker had to attack a contest with two blokes around him and he never won the ball, but he got the ball to ground and he knocked it back to another guy. And again, we all have our favourites and I think we've always been really strong on stock. Um, and it was just it was just hard, it was unyielding, it was desperate, and it, it resulted in a, in a clearance. Whether it ended up being a goal or not, I'm not 100%, but there's just little things that some guys do, and you'll always see some guys' best performances, but he's, you know, we, we know what we've got with Stocker. It's just, just keep playing him, keep him building, get a couple more pre-seasons into him, and he'll just improve. But that was a very, very small thing that he did that I loved. Absolutely. Do you have one, Fat? You've got mail. Ash Gallagher, first cab off the rank. Uh, I usually, I'm usually late to this because of the time difference. He's over in the UK. I just want to give you a huge praise for the pod last week. Called out what Lockie brings in terms of quality possession and playing Williamson in a more advanced role. And it all came to fruition in spades. Analysis on point. And then he gave us the white power emoji, which is interesting. We're not that way inclined, Ash. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. It was the A-OK uh, like, uh, emoji. <laughs> Um, Dom in the den. Uh, if you had backed Big H to win the Coleman, Timbo, oh yeah, I did. Would you hold or would you cash out? <laughs> um, I, I'm so disappointed that I just couldn't continue on the ride to know what the cash out value would have been if I'd not cashed out. So as I sort of said, I'm still happy that I kind of backed him to win at thirteen dollars fifty. But um, I've at present it appears that I've left a thousand and thirty two dollars on oh. the table, and that hurts. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, and and the whole worry was if he'd gotten injured, then, you know, it gets tight at the end. And, you know, if you get beaten by a goal, well, you still lose. And it was just that whole take what you can get when you can get it. But I'd be very happy with a 12-goal lead right now <laughs> if uh, I was still alive. He also adds, would it be unethical to try to clone Sam Walsh? Hashtag Dolly the Sheep. Um, no, I think, no. I think we should absolutely invest <laughs> Illegal in Illegal, maybe. but I think, um, I think yeah. we should invest in this cloning technology and try to get on top of it. Um got Levi Horse I don't know if that's any nod to the great man he's playing like a mortadella <laughs> <laughs> why has it taken so long for JSOS to get back into the midfield having beaten Fife and Oliver in consecutive weeks a few years ago another reason why the coaches and assistants must go I'm hearing they're playing Kemp at fullback Kemp is a mid or half forward it's bewildering Look, it is. It's frustrating. I mean, those those um, performances JSOS had in those games were heartening. He is more of a half-forward fab by mm-hmm. trade, and that's, I think, generally where his value to us is. He is playing in the midfield by necessity at the moment and doing a good job of it, but I think he's, he's certainly more valuable to us. Well, fit up the ground. Absolutely. And and just note, Brody Kemp has, for his lifetime, has always been a defender. He he, and, and once he got into the Victorian country program, then they started exposing him to opportunities in, in the, the midfield, and then he dominated a national championship where he was so confident that they even pushed him forward and he created opportunities. So, I, I always expected Brody Kemp would always impact Carlton early as a defender first, rather than being a big-bodied midfielder or a half-forward flanker. He may turn into he may be for us what Marchie. What we want a Marchie to be. Possibly, yeah. Well, be. I think he's always going to be sort of the quintessential utility. He's a big uh, boy. He's a strong Look, boy. Look, when yeah. we saw him in the in the injured group on his first, what it his first or second training, first session, training session, we went, yeah. Jesus Christ, this kid is huge. Yeah, he's a big lad. Not he's just in tall, but he was he was solid. Solid. 
Yeah. I'm glad you didn't say you saw him in the showers. That would have raised all sorts of different questions. Um, Tim was there just to just to wash up. Temper things. Because <laughs> <laughs> who are you and how did you get in? Uh, Big Daddy Bagger, uh, do you think the team selected on the weekend, regardless of the result, is the team to take us forward? Um, also, out of the seniors, who do we keep or cut? The game looks part looks to have gone past Kerno and Murph. Um, well, Murph plays regardless. Well, Murph plays the next two weeks regardless. <laughs> the, the game. Um, I felt I felt bad. There's some really good. I think there. Ash Gallagher actually might have been having this conversation. He was certainly one of a couple of people involved, but he had exactly the same uh, feeling I had that poor old Murph. Just every time he went near the ball, there was someone on his gearbox. Yeah, and you were just like. You just need a yard more space because every time you get the footy or the footy's near and you... And Murph in space is still dangerous because it's... You kick the goal. Still yeah. kicks like Murph. I actually still haven't seen the goal. Like, I, I was downstairs and whatever. I think I was looking at my phone or something and, and, and I missed it. Then they didn't replay it. They never replayed they it. Basically I, went I didn't to even the, know who had kicked the goal if you were watching on Fox, If you yeah. were watching on Fox, the goal sort of sails through the siren sound mid-flight and Fox sort of went back to the... Not the studio as such, but they, yeah. they took over the coverage really quickly. Yep. So Seven might have replayed it, but yeah, no one else. It was weird. It was sort of happened and he went, oh, it's a goal. So I haven't yeah, seen cool. it. I, I, I've heard it, but um, I've not seen it. Michael Henriksen, uh, we, we spoke about this a little bit earlier, but he says, what's your take on the club's new constitutional proposal, especially non-Carlton members being electable, uh, the 5% rule, which I think is to do with causing a, an EGM yep. um, uh, and less board rotation. We, we kind of touched on it. Look, it is concerning and I think there probably needs to be greater transparency about what is the motivation and it's the ex-president like a, uh, a like a deposed president can still stay on on the board and all that yeah. sort of stuff so if you're being overthrown there's still going to be uh, an element of the former faction in there and does that help for harmony and all that sort of stuff and again you sort of think is this a bit individualistic so I, think I, I don't necessarily have a position on it, but I just you you wonder what's the motivation. Yeah, Why it's a concern it's to kind concern. of go. What are we? What are you? What What about this? Better's the club holistically, Correct. not you individually. Correct. If it better's the club holistically, then no problems at all. But in the reading, you're kind of going, I don't know how it does that at all. Um, fab, Jeff O'Day. Given the awful development of our young guns, should this group of coaches have their way when it comes time to cull the list again? They probably won't, because they probably won't be there. No. So changes need to be made either way before serious list list decisions get made. So we got Matty B. We say but those coaches. Sorry, those coaches aren't holding a the dominant say in what's happening. Well, that's the worry. The worry is is Nick Austin. Holy solely completely in charge as the list manager. You'd like to think that he's or, at least eighty percent. Or is he? Does someone lean on him a bit? Well, that's. You'd hope not. You'd hope not. Absolutely, you'd hope not. And yeah, and Nick needs four years before we know if he's actually done anything. That's the beer, mate. We've spoken about this. The mm. best job at a football club is the <laughs> list manager because mm. you've got minimum, minimum two years <laughs> before anyone goes. This guy's shit. Mm. And on the flip side, if you're really, really good, it probably takes longer than that for people to go, geez, this guy's great. Yeah. But you've My got mate Blair, who went from Port to Richmond early doors, I wasn't sold on decisions that he'd made at Richmond. Blair Hartley. And then, yeah, and then he just ended up with a dynasty. And you sit there, because you know, they'd gone, gotten a, a number of mature age players. Um, they'd 
obviously done a few trades to get, you know, guys like Josh Caddy, Nathan Broad, even Sean Grigg earlier, you, you looked at it and you're sort of going, these guys are sort of like, they're bit part footballers, they're not prime moving, even Toby Nankervis, you thought you brought him into ruck, he's been one of the most some of the most important players to their whole setup. Welcome great. to the Risking Head and Chin podcast. We're going to discuss now the Tigers <laughs> list strategy. Uh, Matty B <coughs> has got in touch. Uh, we say it every week, but plays killers the man. Another three week, another three votes for Walshy. Um, where has this pressure been all year? Uh, a forward line with Harry, Charlie, Honey and Martin has serious X factor. Um, Paddy Dow's growing before our very eyes and I'm so happy for JSOS. I actually don't know if that needs any discussion. That's all. There's no questions in there. Well, we agree with all the statements. With underlining I mean. and an exclamation yeah, point, I, I think. I agree so with, that's, they're all love points, the contribution. All points very, very well made. Um, and it's a nice, nice little pup he's got in his hand too. Yes, looks like a semi uh, Labrador. Sunny Leung. How do I say this? Lunig. Sammy Lunig. Um, the way this round has panned out, it means that we now have something to play for next week. Does this mean I should mark us down for a loss? Almost certainly. <laughs> Almost certainly, knowing how we function with something to play for. We, we don't like expectations. We, we'll come out next week and just shit the bed. But look, fingers crossed. I mean, it's a good time to get Gold Coast. We've got a few guys coming back. Where are we playing and when are we playing? Marvel, and I don't know when. Saturday, I think, sometime. Probably won't be Saturday night because there's already too many two-night games. So it'll either be the 440 or the 210. I would imagine. Just to touch on, are we concerned with the deconning injury and what do we look like structurally if well, they don't have a, they don't play? have a ruckman anyway. It's the right team to play because you're, you're rucking against like, what, not Charlie Ballard, it's the other guy. He rucked against us last time. Yeah. They've had wits out pretty much all year, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember who it is. He was the guy who had the... Uh, the groin cramps oh, <laughs> against us, and he could hardly he walk. Oh, yeah, he was battling. Wasn't <laughs> yeah. He? Yeah. Um, Nicholas D, does anyone on the list look capable of playing a tagging role with Ed aging and it being a key part of shutting some teams down? I can't see a player on our list who currently fits both uh, strong enough and uh, who's fit enough and strong enough. Willow. Willow. Willow played a much more accountable role. Whether he's got the engine to do that gig or not, I don't know. But he's, no got, one, he's got the wheels, whether he's got yeah, the engine. No one, no one does the full, full, hard lockdown. I mean, DeBoer still does, but that's only because DeBoer can't do anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so and, he does, and he does that very well. Oh, he does it exceptionally. But, you know, sometimes you need a bit more than that. And I think GWS have sort of proven it since, since both playing in a grand final and their performances since. You need a, just more balance. And as good as he is... Damn. Is this the big, big the big, sound, big sound. podcast? <laughs> is the, what are we doing? Um, Ricky Tiller, shout out to Ricky. Uh, if TDK is unavailable, what happens to the ruck? We sort of covered that a little bit. Jay Hyatt, just said it. shout out to him. How many goals does Harry need to lock in the Coleman? Three. We sort of covered that earlier on. Uh, so very much on the same page as us. Go for one more. Um, How many cracks at Jay Hyatt wanted to have at the... Uh, he's had a lot. Jay loves yeah. it. We the love old Jay. mailbox. He's, trying to, he's just doubling down on his odds to get him to do... <laughs> uh, I reckon his dad gives him 50 cents every single time he gets a shout-out. So. <laughs> Jay. Then, then David out Ridley... Shout-out to Ethan. <laughs> yeah, we love Ethan. David yeah. Ridley closes us off for this week's um, mailbox. How would the Marching In podcast be viewing the game? They'd be as disappointed as we were last week. I think, David, I don't give a fuck. The 40th quo Fidelius. <laughs> Podcast, I thought. Very good shout, David. Um, I like that marching in. That's a good one. Yeah. 
kind of wish I'd gone with it. Whatever. Um, <laughs> I, did, I, I, did, I, I appreciated your. Uh, oh, I do I, only. I, I do it. only have five seconds when Tim starts talking about other topics to, in the back of my mind, come up with something. Um, very good, gentlemen. Excellent. Thank you very much for everybody who messaged in and listens in and enjoys the show. It's always excellent. Uh, if you do follow us, give us a like, give us a subscribe on uh, the podcast platform, give us a rating. I think that helps. Yep. Can I, can I give a, a shout out? To the Prender DJ, well, Benjamin gave me a slap that I, I've not uh, shout out the Prender DJ yeah, winners. Because I gave you this segment knowing full well this is what would happen. Yeah, but, I don't, but you don't give me any air time to actually address. I was just about to do it. We do it at the end. You did yours last week at the start. Because I had it at the start. Because it's all about me, 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 me. Because I wanted to show how a competent segment is run by somebody who knows what they're doing. I know what I'm doing. Prove me right. Um, so yeah, shout out to Tim Kelly, not the West Coast Eagles player, Dom in the Den, and old mate Steve-O, Steve-O Raitman, who uh, all guessed, well it was pretty obvious, it was basket case by Green Day last You're week. not terribly cerebral, let's be brutally honest. It doesn't have to be. You've got Timbo here even saying, I think you need to be digging a bit deeper than what you've been serving up lately. Timbo, fuck off. Hey! Now you two, the last fortnight, have made, seriously, it's been disgusting the love, the love with usually. It was the Olympic Games that? Oh, it's together. the spirit. It's the spirit of the Olympic Games that brought faster, higher, faster, higher, stronger together, Timbo. <laughs> Correct. The uh, just not with this guy. Five hundred texts in forty-eight hours. Wow, we. You know, so who you gave your shout-outs? Who was it for? Sorry, Steve O. Steve O. Dom in the den. Yep. And Tim Kelly. Okay, perfect. Um, excellent, boys. Thank you very much for me, Sean Peter Budge. It's been a pleasure having your ears for Doctor Tim Davis. Always a pleasure. Absolutely wrapped with the swimming at the Olympics. I did go with it at the end of last show, saying I think we could have a really, really good yeah. Olympics, especially the women. So it's lovely that it came to fruition. So, Are you any good on the athletics front? Well, Rowan Browning runs in the semi-final of the 100 tonight, and without it making this a race thing, if we could have a white Australian running in a final of the 100 metres at the Olympic Games... He got off to a ripping start and just yeah. didn't slow down. He, he didn't slow down. He running was brilliant runs. 10.01, run a PB. I just, for his sake, I hope... I hope he executes tonight. If he could get through the final, it would be amazing. I just want the kid to run under 10 seconds. If he can run under 10 seconds at an Olympic Games, having never done it before, you're going... The if he runs under 10, Timbo, he's making the final. Well, he is, he is. But like, it would be great. Like That's massive. Mm. Like that's we, We've had one person do it. Jacobs Sh- Jacobs is looking good too. The Italian, the big Italian. Jacobs. The name like Marcel Jacobs. With a name like Jacobs, yeah. <laughs> I get a text from Ant. Oh, that like yes. Ant goes he to me. He goes. I had to. I had to Google who Marcel Jacobs is and how he is Italian. But um, <laughs> he once had a plate of pasta. His mum is Italian. A big unit though, isn't he? Huge unit. He, he moves, looks like lovely. my cousin Francesco. There you go. Is that the soccer player? Francesco. No, he's a painter. <laughs> is he? <laughs> Is he a good painter? I think he does. I think he does the lines in the box. <laughs> uh, for that big idiot, Fabian Guadagnolo. Oh, and so, oh, look, I'm, I didn't want to ju- jump in there. We've also got three blokes in the semi-finals of the 800, which again for Australia, if you can get one guy in, typically is a bloody good effort. But we got three blokes. How did we go in the discus? We finished fourth. He threw a PB on his, his first his, throw. His first one was an yeah. absolute ripper. He went Hold on, hey, just let's just not bury the lead here. Timbo, yeah. this is the most I've heard this idiot talk about. I'm watching it. I don't want to text about it. In, in answer to how your many question, times do I text you without him yeah, asking yeah. you what channel it's yeah. on? It was he was coming fifth going into the final throw. Every single one of his throws was 65 or further. He had a brilliant he had a brilliant 
um, series. Mm. And then his final throw, he threw a PB. He went 66 metres and he fell, I think it was either five, I think it was five or I think it was five centimetres short of the bronze medal place. And as he said, I've been beaten by the width of a beer can. And you sort of thought, that's pretty cool. Did you hear them talk about the size of some of the blokes he's going up against? Is no. the Amer- oh, no, I'm thinking of the shot putter, the American shot putter. Ryan he, Krauser, I he think. He is. is a panzer tank. Well, the guy who finished fifth in the end, I think was. I'm going to say Serbian, but I don't think that he was. They were wearing blue and yellow. Maybe he... I don't Ukrainian. Think he Ukrainian, but he is... They said he was 206 centimetres tall, um, and he weighed something like 118 kilos, and you thought, if he's not getting paid enough to throw the discus... He can play a, ruck for Carlton this he week. He will ruck for Carlton. <laughs> Absolutely he could. He may not run well, but I tell you what, you wouldn't want to get in his way. You Speaking of the do? ruck, what's, what's going on with Andrew Phillips playing for the reserves? Hey, you know what he that guy would do? He, he would take front position... Absolutely, and you'd tough to get him off balance. I would no, have thought. Phillips was just a number thing when they're, yeah. they're doing scratch matches. And he'd stayed in Melbourne, yeah. so he was. Uh, would you take him back? No. Uh, for a last on a list, on our for, list I'm saying, for insurance purposes, yes, yes. I don't really have a strong feeling about it. I've been trying to close the show for five minutes. Arrivederci, <laughs> ragazzi. Excellent. What's this week's song, Fab? It'll be playing for us now. Actually, don't tell us what the song will be playing now. That's right. It will be playing right over this lovely and voice. And we'll talk about it next week. We'll talk about it next week. Thank you, everybody, for listening in. We'll catch you next week. Go Blues.
Done. I'm changing it. What? No, no. It's got to be man in motion. It just fits with the theme. What the fuck? This no, is bullshit. Has, no, no, no. You're now doing 